from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you this morning and every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Tuesday, March 27, 2018. Hard to believe that the madness of March has brought us already to the Final Four, but we are here. We're going to talk about that and so much more in today's morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora today, we're going to get things started with Bob Casulo, longtime assistant coach at the collegiate and professional ranks. Then we'll move in to the second hour of the show where we will discuss Matthew Moyer's departure from Syracuse and why this broadcaster was not surprised at all in the move that happened. Kind of the writing was on the wall throughout the season this season and especially in my most one of my most recent conversations with Matt Moyer. And we'll end the show as we always do on Tuesday with the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So with that being said, Bob Casulo is here with me, longtime assistant at the collegiate and professional ranks for football, but also somebody who is keeping up on everything and, and someone who is here today to speak on the madness of March. So with all of that being said, coming off of his birthday very recently, I want to wish Bob a belated happy birthday once again. And Bob, how are you doing this morning? Birthday wishes. Absolutely. So what did you get to do for the birthday? Well, I'll tell you, down here, uh, the weather was nice. We had a big uh, cookout Saturday night down at our tiki bar here at the complex, and uh, we had a bunch of my friends, and, you know, we, we uh, ate and uh, drank uh, lemonade and stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, Sunday, the same thing. So it was, uh, it was a good weekend. We had fun, and... Um, looking forward to the next year you know absolutely and you see you have the weather that's that's the thing you could pretty much go outside and do whatever the heck you want spectacular yeah the weather's been beautiful yep what is it what what's the weather today what's the forecast today supposed to be only 80 today (laughs) so but uh right now the sun is shining brilliantly it's beautiful uh you know my wife's out golfing so uh everything's good yeah, now I know that I have a uh, Disney trip planned for May, so Good. I know that nice. May May's like you know like mid eighties. Maybe it's not going to be too crazy, too hot. It'll be perfect. No, it'll be perfect, and uh, you know you're going into the land of the crazy people down in uh, Orlando. <laughs> uh, wherever you're going, leave early because the traffic is deplorable. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I know the traffic. I used to used to live down there, so traffic traffic gets pretty crazy down in Orlando, Florida. But that's okay. That's all right. We're speaking of the craziness. We're here to speak on what has happened this March 
madness. Now, I went into yep. this season of the college basketball season saying and putting a statement out there. Uh, it was just a few games into the season. I said, this is primed to be one of the craziest basketball seasons. I said, I thought this would be more of an upset season than any other season. And and like I said, I got a response to somebody going, well, Dan, every year there's upsets. And I said, no, 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 no. This is the year where I think it's going to be even more rampant, even more prominent, even more of, of kind of a epidemic or a virus or whatever you want to call it. And it has been nothing short of that. And then we rolled into the tournament where it got even crazier. What can you say first and foremost, Bob, about watching this NCAA tournament and seeing what has unfolded up to this point, do you feel like you've ever seen anything like it to this extent? Well, you know, first of all, let me say this to you. You know, Herm Edwards said best. That's why we play the games. You know, because it was up to the media, sports media, and uh, uh, ESPN and all them. You know, they, they picked the winners and the losers just by uh, whatever criteria they had. You know, but um, you play the games. And you play the games, obviously, to win. And... Uh, Excuse me, it's exciting. But let me say something to you. Go ahead. In the final four, okay? Yeah. Which team has never won a national championship? Well, I know that Loyola Chicago won in 1963, which is the only other time that they made it to the final four. Yep. So Kansas has, and so it's got to be, oh, God. Uh the answer is it's Vill- it's, they've all won a final. Well, yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. I was like, in my head, I want to say so here, Villanova the, goes up and down, point. but they have one. Here's my point. I did this little thing because I was going to fill out a bracket, and then I didn't do it. Okay? Since the year 2000, okay, there's been 12 teams that have won the national championship. Okay? Yeah. And they're all the same teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look in the final four, you know, Kansas has two, Villanova has two, Michigan has one, of course, Loyola Chicago has an old one, yeah. you know, but, um, I, you know, all this stuff about upsets and all this crap, it, 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 who got upset that shouldn't be there? The only one that shouldn't be there is Loyola of Chicago. The other three, I mean, I, I got to believe a lot of people had the other three get to the final four when you look at the brackets. If you didn't have Duke, you had Kansas. Everybody had Villanova, okay? Michigan could probably be, you know, but they were the third seed. And then you got Loyola of Chicago, really the only one that's uh, come out of nowhere. So what was all this upset? <laughs> I mean, the only true upset in the whole tournament, in my opinion, was uh, UMBC over Virginia by 20 points. That was Something was wrong in that one. But everything else is, I, I, you know, again, that's just me talking. Well, and the thing is, I think when it comes down to upsets, because on this show, as I say repeatedly, uh, we don't, I don't use the term mid-major, low-major, because I feel like it's disrespectful. But when we look at the bracket and, you know, what people expected to happen – you know, I picked Buffalo over Arizona because of the fact that, and, and these, you know, these all have thought. And I went through my bracket on the show of why I did this because we do our bracket unveiling every year. 
And Buffalo I chose because Buffalo and Arizona are two teams that like to run the score up. Not a lot of defense, just playing into right. the 80s. And I said right. if Buffalo's going to play into the 80s, the Bulls are going to charge on. I mean, that that was just my feeling on that. Loyola, Chicago, I just I didn't feel good about Miami. There were some rumblings about Chicago in that respect. And Nevada, I didn't believe that Texas should have been in the tournament. I know Nevada was a higher seed, but still – considered an underdog. Uh, it was funny with Florida State because I should have picked them. I didn't trust. I was thinking about Michael Porter, but he came in lagging, and, you know, that was an issue. But, you know, upsets could be anything. Texas A&M, a seven seed, beating North Carolina by 21 points is considered somewhat of an upset because that should have been a closer game. Even North Carolina is the number two seed. They don't win the game. But this is the defending national champion who had gone to – you know, the end of the road for the ACC tournament, you know, this team is not a team that is going to lose or supposed to lose by 20 anything in a tournament. Then Rhode Island, you know, people would consider them an upset because they're Rhode Island. So I think upset is relative to what people think, but a lot of times they put it on a mid-major or a low-major conversation you know, they put it on Butler, even though Butler, no matter where they're seated, wins at least one game. You know, they would say Marshall winning over Wichita State is one of those things that they call an upset. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I think I think it's relative to who's talking about it. But when push comes to shove at the end of the day, you're right in the sense of people had Michigan in the championship. People had Villanova in the championship. People had Kansas in the championship. They just didn't have Loyola in the championship. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you. And one of the happiest things for me was North Carolina losing, because you know Roy Williams uh, is not one of my favoriteest people, and North Carolina University is if Syracuse, if Jim Beheim was stripped of all those wins, which is a travesty, an absolute travesty. Okay, that North Carolina should have had at least the same. I'm not, Roy Williams is a complainer, and you know he's a, he's 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 like a bully coach. Shashevsky does that stuff, but I think he does it with more class. I'm not a Roy Williams fan, and when North Carolina loses, to me the tournament's over. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and that's and that's the thing is is when you look back at this tournament and you look at all the teams that were implicated in this FBI probe, Kentucky is not in the Final Four. They were a part of that. North Carolina didn't make it. Duke is Duke is in it. They didn't make it. And, and I kind of found that funny because people always, you know, want to talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah, but you and, know what, Dan? Let me say something. Go ahead. To you. Okay. None of those teams lost a hundred victories with their head coach and their head coach suspended. I mean, come on now. You know, those teams skated. You could you could feel good because they're not in the Final Four. Those teams skated. Okay, the only one that really got punished in this whole shebang was Louisville. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The rest of these teams skated. You know, and, and because they're not in the Final Four doesn't mean it's justification. Justification is take a hundred wins away from Roy Williams. Take a hundred Williams away. A hundred wins away from uh, Shashevsky if they're if they're proven guilty. You know what I mean? Suspend the coach. Come on, people. We're talking about Syracuse got crushed. Absolutely unfairly. It, it, look, if they committed a crime, they were punished. They served their punishment. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think they committed a crime. We're, the punishment, in my opinion, no. It's like it's like being put in jail for life for jaywalking. Okay. The well, rest of these guys, 
North Carolina created bogus academic stuff. Okay? Yeah. It, I don't even want to get into all this, but let me say this to you. Justification is not because they didn't reach the Final Four. Justification is start taking 100 wins away from them, suspend their head coach for five games or whatever Whatever Bayheim was suspended. Come on, people. I mean, you know what? We're, now we're talking about uh, assistant coaches, paying players through outside sources. Well, okay. The, the only team you, you got with Louisville, that's it. You haven't got another team. You suspended the coaches, but you didn't penalize the schools. Yeah. And you, you, you see what I'm saying? Well, where, where, where is the consistency here? There is no consistency. But no, it, there's nothing. The thing that what it comes down to is in the sense of this, at least, you know, we're we're not in a world where this championship's gonna get play gonna get played and then erased from history, so to speak. And and, and I'm never for retroactive stuff, taking things away. You know, Louisville got punished and and people can argue that it was worse than Bayheim because Patino lost his job, 123 wins, and on top of everything, you know, we look at the fact that that they, that championship that Michigan <laughs> that Michigan was there for, and Wichita State and Syracuse, 2000, I was there for. I said if that doesn't exist anymore, then I guess the NCAA owes me money for my hotel, money for my airfare, money for my cab because if I wasn't there and it didn't exist, then you know what did I pay for? But, you know, to, to look, I'm never for that retroactive thing, but they hit they hit Louisville hard and they hit him between the eyes. But you bring up something, and, and, and what I'm saying looking at this tournament is, if any of those teams had won, then we wonder if that's tainted and how did they get there, and, and five years from now, are they going to take it away? But there well, is there know, is no level got, of consistency. And the, no, John Calipari, it doesn't matter. There's none. You got the Arizona coach. They got the Arizona coach on live audio. Okay, and, and and supposedly he's a nice guy. Okay, and and again, none of this to me reflects on character. If they made a mistake, admit the mistake, punish the team, and move on. Okay, but but here Arizona was in the playoffs, and and they got the guy on tape. I mean, anyways, we can beat this horse to death. Yeah. You know. Well, we're going next. <laughs> but you know, that's it, it's just. For whatever reason, John Calipari is is okay, and yeah. And, but let me say something about John Calipari. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. I firmly believe. Okay, and I've said this for years. When 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 backed up against the wall, everybody starts talking about student athletes. Okay, you can use those two words, but you got to reverse them. They are athletes, students. Yeah. Okay, and if anybody believes differently, you're fooling yourself. They are athletes, students. Now, if you categorize John Calipari and you evaluate his athlete students as they leave college, there is no higher team placing athlete students in their chosen fields which in this case is basketball, making millions and millions of dollars, okay? Student athletes, okay? If you're a student athlete and you're, let's say, a business major, okay, and you play basketball and you don't make the NBA and you go into business and if you're fortunate enough to get a job, you're probably making in the 65 to $100,000 range and you're a success, okay? 
But John Calipari, when he's out recruiting, he says, look, the last nine guys that went to the declare for the NBA draft are all playing, making million-plus dollars a year. That's a pretty good recruiting tool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, if the, and the rest of the guys that don't leave early, okay, check your facts now, the rest of the guys that don't leave early, the graduation rate at Kentucky is one of the highest in the nation. Okay? So I think the guy gets a bad rep. And I'm not a fan of his, okay? But I think the guy gets a bad rep because it, athlete students, okay, he has the highest, highest uh, success rate of going above and beyond your college experience. And, and you know, people go, well, they didn't get a degree. Yes, they did. They got a degree in basketball, which they chose to do, and they're making mega millions of dollars, okay? <clears throat> so what, what, what's the problem here? If you want to eliminate the problem, just say this. Either you don't go to college and you go directly to the pros, or if you go to college, you have to stay four years and get a degree before you can go to the pros. Now, I know you can't do that, okay? But if you're going to argue this point, Let's get on the even playing field here. You know, you know what I'm saying? You look at Syracuse's players that have left early for the NBA, they're not doing so well. All right? But, but that's their choice. They are making some money, okay, you know, in the G League. In a, in a lot of them are overseas in the European leagues. Yeah. They're making good money. They chose that. They're athlete students, and they chose to continue on in their chosen profession which was basketball, and they're making good, decent to good money, okay? But, you know, this student-athlete crap, you watch these ADs get on to, get on these, um, as soon as there's a problem, the AD gets on there and talks about student-athletes. We, we, we encourage student, come on, stop, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop. You're embarrassing yourself. You, you really are. These guys are making you mega millions of dollars. You want to solve the problem? Okay. I choose to major in basketball. I'm going to Syracuse University to major in basketball. Okay? Yeah. They're never going to miss a practice. You're going to have 100% attendance. You're going to have 100% graduation rate if they go to the pros or, or if they go to a G league or they go to a European league, you're going to have a, 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 a much greater academic, not academic, you're going to have a much greater graduation rate to your next profession than you will as a student athlete majoring in some business or something. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm tired of hearing student athlete. It's wrong. It's athlete student. And, and, and that's the way it is, you know? Well, and that's, I mean, you're not going to get any fight in that sense of, of whether or not it's student-athlete or oh. athlete-student because it's, it's oh, clear. you're going to get a lot of fight. You're going to get a lot of fight from academia. Well, yeah, they, from... They don't from, want that to happen. Right, but, but the, <laughs> the, the reality of it all is, you know, these, these kids, people come to see them play basketball... They want to see, you know, play basketball, play they football, pay play whatever. To see them play basketball. Right. And then they, they pay to see them play football. Thousands they of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so you know, all of a sudden now we're right. talking about student athletes. <laughs> right. Know, I mean, they're they're athletes that happen to go to school sometimes. And that right. 
you know, and, and that's really what it comes down to. But to go to, to go back to John Calipari, I mean, he has found a way to use the system and milk the system, and he's he's not using the system illegally in the sense of Correct. you come for a year, you do this, you do that. I think that what he is doing, it's not necessarily building strong young men. It's not building young men that know what the hell to do with the money once they get the money. It's not building champions. I mean, Bam Adebayo, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Devin Booker, Willie Cauley-Stein, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, De'Aaron Fox, Aaron Harrison, Andrew Harrison, Enos Cantor, down the line, Trey Lyles, Malik Monk. None of these guys, we talk about, well, they get in, they get millions of dollars, they get chances in the NBA. None of them are leading their teams to championships. None of these guys are going to championships. So it's it's... It's, is he building them for life? Is he building them to be a team player? Is he building them for the NBA? He's making them money, how they spend it. If they're broke at 28, if they're still playing basketball at 35, I mean, it's, it's, what are they going to do after it's, he is a very, he's a short-term coach. He's a very short-term coach. Come here, play for me. I have a revolving door to get you out there in the SEC and in college basketball and at Kentucky to put you on the map. People seem to like my players. The NBA buys potential, and they seem to think the potential of Kentucky is higher than most. I'm going to get you in the NBA. I'm going to get you to the draft. I'm going to get you some guaranteed money. I'm going to get your parents out of the ghetto. I'm going to put you in a better place. You can buy whatever cars you want to buy. But after that, it's a giant question mark of, is he building strong young men that have a brain on their shoulders? Is he building people that are going to have the sense of how to use that money and how to spend that money and, and what to do afterwards? And that question mark is a giant question mark. He's definitely not building NBA champions. He's yeah, just yeah, getting yeah, guys Dan. money. Dan. <laughs> he's very, making them money. That's very, all he's doing. He's not helping very, them set up uh, for life. Okay, very nicely said. Now change it from basketball to a student athlete, any other profession you want. A right. coach's responsibility is to give the player, the student athlete, an opportunity to move on to the next level. The philosophy teacher, the business teacher, the, the engineering professor, their objective is to get the student to the next level. No professor, no coach, of any kind is obligated to guarantee or to seek guarantees that their students are successful. Now, what you define as success, you got to get them in the next door. Okay, as an engineering major, we got to get you into the next door. As a business major, we got to get you into the next door. When you get through that door, that's that's not the coaches or the professors. I, I totally disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I'm not saying he has to guarantee them anything. I'm saying that he exploits them for the time that they're there. He gets them money and he gets to stay a coach. They get to go to the NBA. But as far as being prepared for any of that, they're not spending enough time in college with any teacher, any professor, any guidance counselor who's going to help them move forward. And I think that I think that these gentlemen, and you know, I've spoken with former players of, of numerous sports about this. I think bare minimum they need to take some type of you know business ethics class. They need to know how to spend their money. They need to know where to put it about investments and whatnot. Because the unfortunate just, part of this is that their said, money goes away. Their money goes you away. Just gave the perfect, perfect 
answer to the University of North Carolina's investigation. They should be drawn and quartered because they did absolutely nothing to what you're saying. They put them in a bogus African-American studies course so they could get an A. Now, how exploiting is that? You talk about John Calipari exploiting athletes. The University of North Carolina, what they did, quote, academically is a disgrace. And they don't. Why are you talking about John Calipari, who you initially said was legally he's doing what is legal he has not broken any rules no he exploits a rule he doesn't break it but roy williams i mean well well, north North carolina Carolina in its entirety exploited it they broke it and now how did they prepare their athletes they didn't prepare you think the athlete's success was on their mind down the road with what they're being accused of well my question is why did hbo run a special two years before the ncaa brought up anything about an investigation why did I learn about North Carolina from an HBO special? And then long time down the road, there's an investigation. And then all of a sudden there's an investigation. The NCAA committee on infraction says, Hey, we're going to make a judgment call. And then it went totally silent. And then it just disappeared. And I said to my wife throughout this whole process, well, I said to, well, as far as North Carolina, I said to my wife during this whole North Carolina process, I said, you mark my words right now. They will skate by this one. Nothing will happen. You mark my words right now. Nothing will happen to this university because certain universities seem to be protected. And that, but that's where the NCAA is in fault. This is where the questions come up on my show. This is where I want to know the answers to St. Bonaventure does something very tiny. They get smacked immediately during the season. UConn gets investigated for two years. They have eight infractions. During the time they're being investigated, they win a championship. They get to keep the championship. Louisville retroactively gets attacked after Rick Pitino skates by one or two other times before that. Jim Beheim gets treated for a paper and some money from a YMCA and breaking their own drug policy that the NCAA doesn't have. He loses almost as many wins as a guy who has his who has recruits at Louisville at the school getting serviced by women and some of them are underage and then you bring up statutory rape. So somehow that's the same as Fab Mello's paper. There is no level of consistency. There is no, if you break this rule, this happens. If you break, it's, it's kind of like, it's got to be like jail. You know, it's got, it's got to make sense. If you commit this crime, it's five to 10. If you do this one, it's 10 to 20. If you do this one, it's 25 to life. It, there's, there is no rule. It's just, are you Syracuse? Well, we don't like Jim Beheim. Okay, well, are you Roy Williams? Well, you know, you're a nice guy. It, it just, it, it bounces back and forth. And Kentucky, you know, John Calipari gets brought up over and over again in recruiting and, and is he doing it the right way and ethically and what's being involved, but nothing happens. Calvin Sampson gets completely obliterated. He has a show cause penalty while nobody's doing anything about Calipari. Calipari's schools get punished, not him. Calvin Sampson, the schools get punished and he got punished. There's the if if I go out throughout time, even the last decade or two, speaking here with Bob Casulo on Wake Up Call, and I break no, down <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm listen. You and I both are talking about this thing, and when you break it down, Bob, there is there is no level of consistency. There is net there. There's no if you break rule A, then then punishment one. If you break rule B, then punishment two. That doesn't happen. 
All right, listen, let's move on. But okay. I'm going to leave you with this question to ask your your listeners. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Who is the NCAA? Okay? I don't want you to I don't want you to speak up. I'm not going to say anything. I just throw out to your listeners who they interpret when you say when 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 the term NCAA comes up. Ask your listeners, okay? What do they envision as the NCAA? Who are the NCAA? Now, what's the next topic? Well, let's get back to the tournament in Loyola Chicago. Your thoughts on what this team has accomplished. They played their first three games to victories by two points or less, won three games by a total of four points, always found a way at the end. And then when they had an opportunity to get to the final four, they win by 16. So they're surging and getting even better as yep. time goes by. Thoughts on Loyola Chicago? Well, what, what's interesting was their first game they won was against Miami. So I'm down here reading the Sun Sentinel paper, and they're like, Miami, you idiots got beat by you by um, Loyola Chicago. Miami, how could you get beat by 11 seed? Well, guess what, Miami? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're pretty damn good. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't the Miami team saying that or the Miami coach. But, you know, that's the perception from the media that, like I told you before, they want to win the tournament on paper instead of on the court. So, you know, th- this team turned out to be pretty good. You watch them play. They're a good team. They're center. The big kid. I mean, he, he, he does a lot of things for them. They, they I like the way they rush the basket. They rebound. I don't have statistics in front of me. To be honest with you, I don't watch basketball, but I watch the tournament. The way they rush when the ball goes up, I, I don't know. I would like to know of the four teams in the Final Four, who has the most offensive rebounds in the tournament. And you, you don't have to look it up now, but I, I envision, I see them when that ball goes up, they're rushing to the basket to get the rebound. And, uh, you know, that's how you win games, you know? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is that this team, it comes out of the Missouri Valley Conference. This is where Wichita State used to be. And the the conversation of, well, who's the next team up without Wichita State now that they're in the American? And I just find it kind of interesting, two things. Number one, that Wichita State came out of there before and went on to the Final Four. And, and now we're seeing out of the Missouri Valley once again. again, And here's a mid-major, low-major, the disrespect. Wichita State comes out of that conference, goes to the Final Four in 2013. Loyola comes out of this, goes to the Final Four this year, and has already won a championship. Secondly to that is kind of uh, something ironic. When Wichita State came out of that conference and made it to the Final Four, Michigan was there. And now that Loyola's making it out of the same conference, Michigan's back. And I just find that, you know, it's just kind of strange how sports seems to work a certain way. Yep. But but the Missouri Valley Conference, Bob, I mean, it's there's some there's some talent in there. And when somebody leaves that door open, another team rushes right through it. Yeah, you know, and uh, I don't know the Missouri Valley Conference from the NFL East, you know, but <laughs> I, I trust what you're saying, you know, and I, I just I like to see. You know, the, the, the Buffaloes, the Nevadas, the UMBC, the Loyola Chicago. I like all that, but I stand by my statements. Three of the four teams in the Final Four are teams that have been there before. 
Loyola Chicago was, but let's be reasonable. It was 1963. You know, you talk about Wichita State, you know, and, and, and every third or fourth year, there's a newcomer into the Final Four, but none of them ever win it. Gonzaga, you know, I don't know if, uh, uh, but off the top of my head, those are teams. My point is, college athletics, Dan, and then I, I really got to go here in a few minutes, okay? College athletics, football, basketball. If you write down on a sheet of paper, okay, who are the top five college football teams in the country year in and year out? And then if you go to basketball and you go, I'll, I'll increase it to, to 10 or 12 teams, yeah. okay? You take 100 people, I guarantee you 99 of the 100 people will have, if it's five teams for football, they'll have four of the five 100% of the time. Okay, if you do 12 teams in college basketball, they'll have 10 of those teams 100 percent of the time. So really, college football and college basketball are exciting and they have good fan bases. Okay, but when you get down to championships, it's the same teams, fellas. It's the same teams in football and in basketball. And that's my rant for the day. (laughs) Two quick things in closing, Bob. Uh, number one, you you asked the fans, and I immediately put something out about the NCAA. Our answer that we just got back was corrupt businessmen. I don't think there's any surprise in that yeah, response. But, you know, yes, but but who are those corrupt businessmen? <laughs> right. That's the, that's what I'm trying to get across to everybody. Dig deeper and find out really who the NCAA is. Okay, find out. You can say businessmen, but it's not, you know, Pepsi Cola, Xerox, uh, 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 Budweiser. It's not businessmen in the business world. It is businessmen, but they're only in one world and they're only one group of people. And I'll leave it at that. And then the the second part of this, uh, Jay Wright in Villanova. Jay Wright's been in Villanova for a really long time. He was always a thorn in the side of Jim Beheim and everybody in the old Big East. He is in this new Big East, which I got to admit, the basketball is phenomenal. Even though the Big East has changed your Butlers, your Creightons, your your Providence, your Villanovas, the, the conference itself is phenomenal. And the fact that Villanova makes it out alive of this conference year after year, especially recently, puts a lot of you know respect to what they're doing and how they're building it. Jay Wright was a guy who was almost there, kind of there. You didn't want to play in the tournament, but he wasn't a guy making it to the finals necessarily. Now, all of a sudden, he's back to relevancy again. He's that team you expect to be there, and a lot of people expect them to win the championship. So in, in, in closing, final thoughts on Jay Wright and just what he has become to college basketball as he didn't go anywhere. He's just now back in your spotlight even more so once again. Well, let me say this to you. I think he's a great coach, and Villanova's a great school. The problem is, okay, the Big East was the greatest basketball league ever, and they destroyed it. And you look at the Final Four, okay, is the Big East represented? Yes. Is the ACC represented? No. Okay? And and it's all about the Benjamins, Dan. You know that. You know that. But that basketball league the way it was was the greatest basketball league of all times 
Well, and it's and, it, and it's dissolved over greed. So that's my comment. <laughs> that's my rant. That coming Always from a pleasure, Dan. That coming from Bob Casulo. Go enjoy the weather, Bob, and have some fun. I'll talk with you soon. I have to go golfing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, sorry, right, I'm sorry you have to go golfing. Go have a good day. <laughs> I'll talk. Take care, my man. All right, take See care. Ya. See ya. That coming from longtime assistant coach at the collegiate and professional ranks, Bob Casulo. Always fun. Oh, my. He just energy, man. Just energy. He's always got something. I love it. I love it. He's like, I don't want to talk about this, so let's talk about this for 15 minutes. I don't want to go here, so let's go here. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's like me, though. I'm like, listen, I don't want to sit here and talk with you about what the NCAA did with this, and then we end up talking about it. I did get sent a prayer request from uh, from Johnny here that listens to the show. So, little, uh, I'm not, I, I'm going to respect Johnny's privacy here and, and everything here. He just sent a message over. So, uh, if we can just take a, a moment of silence, uh, unfortunately... It's not unfortunate to pray, but unfortunately, you know, praying for for things that have been tough on people lately. We had to pray for a, a grandma yesterday who found her way back to the pearly gates and the and the beauty of the skies. And and today we have to say a prayer for Johnny's family. So we can just take a minute, and for everybody that needs it, that's listening into the show, you know, this is not discriminatory. If, if you haven't written into the show and you need a prayer, I'm a firm believer that everybody could use one. You know, I always say to God, for everybody that asks for prayers, can you give them a prayer? But the thing is, I don't know anybody that doesn't need a prayer. So if we can, if we can just say a prayer to those that need it right now, if, if we can, if we could just take a moment and if I say this, now I'm going to do the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You could do whatever you'd like. And in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, I ask you to look over our families. I ask you to look over our friends. I ask you to look over what we are doing in our lives, to look over us, to help us, to guide us to do the right things, to help us to know right from wrong. <laughs> to help us to follow you. And when we don't know where we're going and we don't know what we're doing and we feel completely confused, to trust in in you, to trust in your power, to trust in your knowledge and your wisdom, and that no matter how high the hill is to climb, no matter what the barbed wire is, no matter what the electric fence, it, you know, whatever comes from our lives and whatever is thrown in front of us, May we fear no electric fence, no barbed wire, no hill, no mountain, no valley, no body of water, no nothing. May we understand that the trials and tribulations that we are living through here in this world are not meant to break us, but they are meant to strengthen us. That they are not meant to take us down, but they are meant to build us up. And so for Johnny and his family, may you guide them to make the best decisions, the right decisions, and may your hand swoop in and help what is best for everybody involved to happen. May your hand always be a part of this world. May you always have a hand in in everything in this world. And may you save us and help us to do what is right, to do what is best, and to do what is good, what is just. We say that evil prospers, that the bad gets away with everything. Lord, help this to be the last time that we make a statement like that.
may it not happen in Johnny's life, may it not happen in my life, may it not happen in your life that's listening. God bless each and every single one of us, and may we live our lives to the best of our abilities every single day, and never, ever, ever forget about the importance of God, the love of God, the strength of God, and that if we are on God's team, we will never lose, no matter how bleak it looks. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I thank you for that time. We'll take a step aside here on the show for a fast break, and we'll come back with more in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady Apparel. D R E I S S I G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing and don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay at home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. 
I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or HondaCityCNY.com. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We already got got phone calls coming in here about what's been going on with uh, what we we did at Chick-fil-A. So... So I apologize for the longer uh, commercial break here, but you know, just trying to make sure that everybody is ready for what's coming up this Wednesday. This CNS girls lacrosse special that we did at Chick Fil A yesterday will run tomorrow morning to start the show. So CNS girls lacrosse special will run Wednesday, March twenty eighth, beginning at nine a.m. Eastern time on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt inside of the show. So Wake Up Call is going to come in, you're going to hear me, and then we're going to get in to that. And you're going to actually hear a question on there about my cousin Franny as well, because uh, my cousin Sammy played for CNS girls lacrosse, and now she plays for the University of Albany. And then her younger sister, Franny, is playing as an eighth grader for girls lacrosse at CNS now. And so she's going to be included in, in, in there as well. There's a little shout-out to her because Franny came out, and her and Sammy look like the same exact person right now. It's pretty uncanny. So if you would like to listen in, and you definitely should, uh, Chick-fil-A and I are doing a partnership that just began here in March. I feel overjoyed that we have this connection and and appreciate it very much i've loved their food forever and there's just something there's something about chick-fil-a there really is and it's something special about the food and the my pleasures and the way that they treat people and the owner operator who was on the show the day after they opened jim rusikowski you know he's he's just somebody that i really appreciate being around and our conversations that we've had have just meant a lot to me and what he stands for and what he's about and what I stand for when I'm about, you know, appreciating people and being positive toward others and putting God first and all of that. So, you know, it just, it means a lot and it goes a long way. So, you know, with that, with that being said, Chick-fil-A and I are doing a monthly show every single month and uh, we're going to do it with CNS 
as far as their athletic department and their programs. So each month will be out there. March, this month, March 2018, was the jump-off month. So we did our first ever broadcast from live on location there yesterday. And what we do is we do it live for everybody that's there in the building so that there's a benefit of coming and eating at Chick-fil-A and coming to see us live because you get to hear it first and you get to be a part of the show. And then immediately after we do that live broadcast on location, we will bring that to the airwaves for everybody to hear it that wasn't there. So you, you know I've done this with the Wildcat Sports Pub with West Genesee, and we continue to do that every month. We've taken that model and put it at Chick-fil-A with CNS, and our first one is the CNS girls lacrosse team. So you are going to hear from Olivia Messina, Caitlin Lippert, Jess Foley, and head coach Lloyd Hamilton as a team eyes their eighth ever title this year. And I'm very excited for the opportunity to have them on the broadcast uh, tomorrow morning. So we'll start off wake-up call on Wednesday, March 28th with the CNS girls lacrosse team live on location show that we did at Chick-fil-A. So you'll get to hear from them at Chick-fil-A and you get to hear you know, the, the sounds of Chick-fil-A all around us, which is pretty awesome and pretty cool. So with that being said, just wanted to let you know that and let you know why we took a little bit of an, an extensive break this morning because we were fielding, fielding uh, phone calls and, and questions on how the show is going to be on and how people can listen and, and what time they should be listening into the show. So with that being said, let's jump back into this morning menu and what's going on here. I put a poll out on social media And that poll was, what do you think, Syracuse fans, following this season regarding Tyus Battle? Does he stay or does he go? 55 of you have voted, and 62% of you have said Tyus stays. 38% of you believe that he will go on to the NBA. So we got almost 60 votes coming in this morning, just on Twitter alone, and you have said, that Tyus will stay as opposed to Tyus leaving. So I'm putting it up on Facebook right now to see what you all think there and to get a gauge of this. So what do you think, Syracuse fans, following the season regarding Tyus Battle? Will he stay or will he go? The majority of you right now believe that Tyus will return to the Syracuse team this season. Here are the reasons why I think he should stay And we'll go back and forth with this thing. So we'll talk about Tyus here to round out the first hour of the show. So as far as Tyus Battle, I want to take a look at his numbers. Now, in his true freshman season, which was two seasons ago, Tyus was one of five scorers. That was where he was. It was him, it was Andrew White, it was John Gillen, it was Tyler Lydon, it was Torian Thompson. He was one of five scorers. This year, he was asked to be the guy. Nobody knew what Frank Howard was going to do, so he was asked to be the guy. Nobody knew what O'Shea Brissett was going to do. So Tyus came into the season with a lot on his shoulders. We look at his numbers. He played 30 minutes a game as a true freshman. He took about eight or nine field goal attempts a game. And he had 11 points a game. 11 points a game, one turnover, one steal, 1.7 assists, 2.1 rebounds. This season, he goes from 30 minutes a game to 39 minutes a game, pretty much playing the whole 40 minutes most games. He takes 
16 shots a game, doubles his shots that he takes per game, elevates himself to 19.2 points per game. His turnovers go up a little bit to 2.4. His fouls stay the same. He commits about two fouls a game. 1.5 steals. The blocks are the same, 0.2. His assists go up to 2.1. His rebounds go up to almost 3. His free throw percentage goes to 84% from 80%. His three-pointers go down a little bit, 36 to 32. And his field goal percentage goes down. He's taking more shots. He went from 43% to 40%, so not too, not too different in that respect. He attempted 293 field goals in 2016-17, 586 this season. 586 this season. So that's the crazy thing about this is that he attempted exactly double. How crazy is that? 293 times 2 is 586. How crazy is that? And he made almost double. Double his 127 would have been 254. He made 234. So I just find that insane that he doubled the amount to the exact T. He doubled the amount of field goal attempts he he took from last season to this season. He doubled it. And his percentage stayed within 3%. So not bad for that. He was asked to be the guy. So let's take a look at this. Now, Tyus Battles had two different roles. He had the role where he was supposed to be a freshman that came out and did some good things, but he didn't have to do everything as a true freshman. And then he comes out this season. He's the one constant and the one thing that people, most fans believed in above everything else this season was that he was going to come to play and that he was going to give the team something positive to root for. He, above all things, was going to be the positive, even if he was a lone positive of this year's team. That was the mentality of people thinking about Tyus Battle. So why should Tyus stay for his junior season season as opposed to as opposed to leaving and just moving forward? Well, in my opinion, he should stay because there will be more depth. He will have an opportunity to expand his game. He'll have an opportunity to work on his percentages. He'll have an opportunity to feel out his spots and determine what type of player he wants to be and where he wants to go with things. When we go down the line here of what's to come, Frank Howard will be a senior. Pascal will be a redshirt senior. Tyus would be a junior. Barama will be a sophomore. O'Shea will be a sophomore. Howard Washington will be a sophomore. Marek will be a sophomore. Elijah Hughes will be able to play on this team. He's a sophomore right now. He had to sit out this season after transferring. He's only played one season in college basketball, so he'll have three years to play. He only played one season for East Carolina, so he has an opportunity. And Buddy Bayheim, Darius Baisley, Jalen Carey coming in. So you got Frank Howard and Jalen Carey bringing the ball up. You got Buddy Bayheim who could give some time off and ability to sit on the bench and gather himself to Tyus Battle. If I'm Tyus Battle and I saw how far this team went with five and a half, six guys, seven guys maximum at times, if I saw how far this team went in that type of situation with injuries, Barama didn't play at full go. Matt Moyer didn't play at full go, and Bayheim didn't seem to really trust him. Howard Washington didn't seem to really be trusted, and he got hurt. O'Shea Brissett was a true freshman. Marek was a true freshman who just started to get going toward the end of the season. 
I look at all of that. Pascal playing in his first season. And like I said, Barama did some good things, but Barama wasn't his, his full and complete self the whole year. So if I'm Tyus, I'm saying this is what we did with almost nothing. This is what we did with almost nothing. So look at where we can go when we have something. Think about the sky being the limit with us having something. So to me, if I'm Tyus Battle, I want to come back and I want to see how far this team can go. I want to see where this team can lead now. At the same time, on the other side of things, money talks. Right? Money talks. Now, Tyus tested the waters last year, and I thought he would come back, and he did. He wanted to gauge what people thought of him, and I don't fault him for that by any stretch of the imagination. I would, too. I would, too. I would want to know what people think of me moving forward. I would definitely want to know. So, I I don't fault him at all for last year doing it. I think that he should do it this year, too. But there's the opportunity for him to come back. And if he comes back to this team and he gives this team an opportunity to show themselves this season coming up, I think that sky's the limit. I think that sky's the limit for this team because there's going to be depth. And if I'm Tyus Battle, I want to win a championship. If I'm Tyus Battle, and this is the thing, and this is where it goes away in the world that we live in today. It's it's just, it's not a thing anymore. It's not a thing anymore for players to come back. It's not a, it's not a normalcy for players to want to come back and win a championship. It doesn't happen anymore that players want to come and just win a championship. And that's where my frustration comes in is that players, they go into college, they want to get to the NBA. They want to get to the NBA. They want to get to the NBA. It's not about, you know what, I want to come back and I want a chance to win a championship. Now, some guys do. Some guys want that opportunity. Some guys come back and we see that and it's beautiful. But a lot of the times it's, ah, you know, we didn't win this year and I was only planning on being here for a season, so I guess we're not going to win and that's okay. And they move on. For me, I would love to see Tyus come back and show what this team can be now. what this team can develop into now. That would be amazing to see. Because we're working with a team that did so much with so little, and now there's going to be some reinforcements coming onto the team. There's going to be some help and some aid coming onto the team. We know Syracuse has two centers in Pascal and Barama. We know that they have a guy that could bounce around in Marek Dolajai. We know that O'Shea Brissett is going to help out that forward position and he's going to create opportunities and offense for himself. We know that Howard Washington and Jalen Carey could bring a lot of depth to Frank Howard. So we see all of that. We see all of that. And then Tyus having Buddy Beheim. And then Darius Baisley being another forward on the team. If Darius Baisley is everything that people are hoping he's cracked up to be, you put him with O'Shea and Marek, 
and now we're arguing that this that this team is going to create for itself one of the best things we've seen in a long time at Syracuse. Potentially some of the best depth we've seen at Syracuse. So when we break it down and we look at what next year's team is going to be, obviously with Tyus, there's a lot to be had. And and I, I'm going to parallel this with Malachi Richardson, right? The year that I thought Syracuse would be really good and people thought that I was insane. Some people thought I was insane. Some people appreciated the positivity and were cautiously optimistic. But back in 2016, I thought Syracuse was a pretty darn good team. And Malachi Richardson aided the team in getting to the Final Four. Now picture that team if Malachi had stayed. Picture that team if Malachi had stayed for a couple seasons and what that would have been. Just picture it. Picture what Syracuse would have looked like if Malachi had stayed with the team for 2016, 17, 17, 18. Number, he, it would have been him and Tyus Battle at shooting guard. Syracuse would have had Malachi Richardson and Tyus Battle on the same team. Tell me that that wouldn't have excited you. That wouldn't have put you in a, in a happy dance type of scenario and situation. So now I say to you, Syracuse made it to the Sweet 16. Bring Tyus back this year. Where do you think this team will go if we bring Tyus back this year? If Tyus is a part of the team this upcoming season, where does Syracuse go knowing how far they've already gotten? I think if Tyus is in it to have an opportunity to get farther in the NCAA tournament, to hone his skills, and to really get to showcase himself, then he sticks around. He sticks around. Why wouldn't he stick around? But if Tyus is to a point where he wants to go make some money and wants to get out there and wants to see what people think of him, you know, then it's a different thing. It, it's, it's always money versus whatever. It's always money and the lore of the NBA and the dream of the NBA versus whatever is on the other side of it. And if he goes, people need to learn how to be nice and be respectful. If he stays, then he stays. But the truth of the matter is, fans would not get upset about a player who they thought was a horrible. If they thought a player wasn't that good, nobody would care about him leaving. So I understand why fans get upset. But you have to remember that this is a human being and, and they should be respected. And it's not a maybe, it's not, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They need to be respected. And it's as simple as that. If you're going to miss them when they're gone, yeah, that sucks. But you're going to have to respect them while they're here. And it's as simple as that. You know, Tyus Battle is going to do what Tyus Battle wants to do. In my opinion, when we look at the draft board right near, right here, if we look at some of the mock drafts. Now, I didn't assemble one myself as of yet. I just want to see what some people have to say here. It's it, it it's hard for me to, to make an NBA mock draft because they're all about potential, and it's really annoying because they fault people for getting an education. The longer you stay in the NBA, the less chance you have. It's just kind of stupid and ridiculous. But right now, if I look at what some of these mock drafts have. 
there's no first round for Tyus Battle. Some of them don't even have him in the second round. So, you know, for me, yeah, he can go there and things can change. You know, people can see him play and their mind can go to the, you know, you know, listen, this, this guy's going to be this and he could be this. And we saw him do this. We didn't expect him to do that. You know, it, cause in other mock drafts, he's the 27th pick to the Boston Celtics, you know, in some mock drafts, he's in it in other mock drafts. He's not, but is it time for Tyus to leave? I think if Tyus gave some more time, it would behoove him to do so. Because if we look at Syracuse players in the NBA right now, I'm going to do that. Syracuse players in the NBA to show you where people are at right now. You know, Carmelo Anthony, he's found longevity. Deion Waiters has found longevity. Michael Carter-Williams has found longevity. Tyler Ennis has been somewhat of a journeyman. Mike Benajay. You know, he's been with the Pistons, but it hasn't been the easiest of rides. Jeremy Grant's found some stuff going on that's been positive. Tyler Lydon's, you know, trying to get some footing there. Chris McCullough, you know, he got traded. So, you know, it's not that where he was was necessarily where they wanted him to be. Andrew White's been with the Hawks trying to find his footing there. Malachi went over to the Raptors trying to find his footing there. You know, Chris McCullough leaving early, did it do him justice being a first-round pick? I mean, at this point, I don't think so. He's averaging two points a game, one rebound a game. Tyler Lydon played one game for the Nuggets, and he got hurt this season. So, I mean, obviously that affects it. Wes Johnson, five points a game, three rebounds. Jeremy Grant. Eight points a game, four rebounds, playing for the Thunder, not too shabby. Tyler Ennis, the Lonzo Ball and everything going on with the Lakers, that kind of overshadows what he's doing. Michael Carter-Williams, after being Rookie of the Year, is a role player. A lot of these guys are role players. Andrew White's a role player. Malachi, if he's going to play, is a role player. Chris McCullough's a role player. Wes Johnson's a role player. Tyler Ennis is a role player. Michael Carter-Williams is a role player. Carmelo Anthony is playing. Deion Waiters is playing. But outside of that, the overwhelming majority of the guys are just kind of there. So does it, and I'm not trying to say that Tyus is the same as, as all these players, but does it behoove Tyus Battle to go to the NBA right now? I don't think so. Is it the best move for him at this point? I don't think so. I don't think Grayson Allen is is an NBA player necessarily. And they got him going in the first round, and I kind of scratched my head at that one. But like I said, you know, people at different strokes for different folks type of things. We know Colin Sexton out of Alabama is going to go. We know that Kentucky is going to send the fleet. We know that Wendell Carter Jr. is going to go. We know that, you know, Muhammad Bamba from Texas will be in there. We know Miles Bridges will be in there. We know Trey Young from Oklahoma will be in there. In there. We know Michael Porter will be in there from Missouri. We know Marvin Bagley the third from Duke is going to be there. DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. We've been talking about him for a long time. You know, people have been discussing him, and he's going to be in there. So we know that's going to happen. 
Jalen Brunson from Villanova, the anticipation of that as well. So, I mean, these are not, this isn't rocket science here of the guys that we expect and anticipate to be there. But Tyus Battle, in the whole scheme of things, does he make sense to go? Does he make sense to go? And I I think that Tyus being on a team where he was supposed to step up as a freshman, feet to the fire when he got in, and, but there was a bunch of other players that could shoot and the ball wasn't really in his hands, to now the ball is in his hands, to now the ball will be in his hands, but there'll be depth and opportunities for them to dish it off. And they really started playing their best basketball in the NCAA tournament in their last few games. So, if I'm Tyus, I have unfinished business. But again, it's it's money, and it's what are they telling them? What are they telling these guys? Are they telling them that they're going to play right away? Are they telling them they're going to have opportunities right away? Because that changes, that changes things. It really honestly does. It changes things for these players. If he goes and works out, and they say, hey, Tyus, we think that you can be a top 20 pick, then all of a sudden, you could lose him. But there's also the fact that the conversation with these agents, is it always fair? Because they seem to say whatever they want to say to make that money. And do some people get misled? I think so. Do I know some people that I feel like have been misled? Yes. Well, like I said, I mean, we look at the Syracuse players that are in the NBA right now, and outside of Carmelo Anthony and Dion Waiters, it's roll. Maybe Jeremy Grant, you can argue out of that. But Michael Carter, role player. Tyler Ennis, role player. Wes Johnson, role player. Chris McCullough, role player. Malachi Richardson, role player. Andrew White, the third role player. Tyler Lydon, we'll see. And people are going to prognosticate either way and if Tyus should stay or if he should go. But ultimately, what it comes down to is if he puts his name in the NBA draft combine and then from there, what does he hear? That's ultimately what makes the decision. And people get upset about that. Well, Dan, you know, like, how do you not know? Because it's ever-changing. I could tell you today Tyus isn't going, but he goes to that combine, and they t- and he hears from three, four, five teams that really, really like him. Now, all of a sudden, it's becoming more and more realistic, and he maybe takes that plunge. Because he's got to think about, well, what if I get injured next year? What if I get injured? What if... The sky falls. What if our team's what if our team doesn't do well like they're supposed to on paper? Now I'm back to square one and now I don't have anywhere to go. So that is an ever changing, ever evolving thing. I can't tell you concretely. Tyus could tell me today, Dan, I'm not going. 
He could tell me today, I'm not going. And tomorrow morning, he could call me up and go, you know what? I spoke to one of the one of the guys, and they told me that I really should consider going. It's ever-changing, ever-evolving, and that's the truth of the matter on it. You know, do I think he should go? Or do I think there's a lot that he can prove? I think people can always improve. But then there's the argument of, well, do you want to improve in practice against NBA players or do you want to improve against collegiate players? I think Tyus Battle came to Syracuse to win a championship. I think Tyus Battle is intelligent. And not that others weren't. But I think that Tyus is more so clicked in, more intelligent in the sense of, I don't know if he's going to believe somebody that's throwing him BS. Where I think some BS has been thrown at some other guys and the lore of the NBA just kind of overshadowed things. Not that they weren't intelligent to it, but that they just kind of sat back and saw this opportunity and, you know, the opportunity, the bright lights. Somebody tells them that they're great and they say, okay. It's a very tough decision to make because, again, the NCAA penalizes you the longer you stay to get an education, it feels like, because, well, the I should say the NBA penalizes you. The longer you stay in, in college basketball, the you know, your damaged goods to the NBA for whatever stupid, idiotic reason that I haven't been able to understand. I want to draft on potential. I want to draft on who I think I might know someday somebody may or may not be, as opposed to, I know who this is. C.J. Fair just got a job with the Bulls. Shout out to you, C.J. Fair. One of the most consistent players for Syracuse over a four-year span that I've seen in recent history. And yet, the NBA didn't give him a job right out of the gate. Why? Because they knew what they were getting. Because they knew what he was capable of. They would rather draft somebody that could be a total and complete bust then draft somebody that they know is a proven product. It's the opposite of the NFL. The NFL drafts people based on what they know. They draft people based on intelligence. The NBA drafts people based on playing in Vegas, rolling the dice, and hoping that we get a four and not a seven. It makes no sense. And that's why there's arguments on either side. If Tyus stays, he can figure out who Tyus is, right? But I said that about Jeremy Grant, if Jeremy Grant had stayed to be a junior. I said that about Malachi. If Malachi had stayed, Malachi could figure out himself a little bit more. Because Malachi was in Sacramento, not a lot going on there. Now he's in Toronto, but not necessarily the guy that Toronto's leaning on for anything. So it just leaves a big question mark. It's double-sided. There's the end of, if Tyus stays, Tyus can figure out who he really is, who he really wants to be, because he's had different roles the last two seasons. Now he could decide, hey, coach, I'd really like this to be my role. Or the coach could say to him, Beheim could say to him, you've done this for me, you've done that for me. Now let's sprinkle both of them together and see what we make out of this. It's one more run with Frank Howard because Frank is going to stay. Barama 
God willing, with surgery and everything, he's going to get better. Pascal is a seven foot two free throw shooter that makes free throws. He can get better with his hands and keeping the ball up and confidence. So you know you're going to have at least two centers. You know you're bringing in Darius Baisley. You already have O'Shea Brissett. You already have Marek Dolajai. You're bringing in Jalen Carey. You're bringing in Buddy Bayheim. You know you have Frank. You know you have Howard Washington potentially to back up Frank as well. Tyus went from, there's five people shooting and I'm one of them, to I have to be the guy, to now, after our success, we can decide this depth. We're going to definitely have two point guards. We're going to definitely have two shooting guards. We're going to definitely have multiple forwards. We're going to definitely have two centers. So if he likes that, and he believes that they can get far, then he stays. But if he goes to the combine, and they think he's a top 15 pick, then maybe he goes. It's all contingent on what people say to him, and what he sees as truth, and what he sees as non-truth. If you're asking my opinion on what Tyus Battle should do, I would love to see him stay. Because this team impressed the hell out of me this year, and I can only imagine that they should get better next year. So if it's up to me... Tyus staying is something that Malachi didn't do. And I would love to know what that looks like. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora and come back on somebody who is not staying with Syracuse, and that's Matthew Moyer in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to have you here inside of the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. DT got a lot of comments coming in from you and your thoughts on Tyus Battle. We got some more votes coming in here, so let's see where we're at. So the majority of you on Twitter 
have said that you believe that Tyus Battle is going to stay. Let's see where those numbers are at right now. So 63% of you said Tyus stays, 37% said he goes. And then I just posted it onto Facebook in the Syracuse Orange Empire, which is a group that my wake-up call with Dan Tortora page is connected to. And the overwhelming majority of you said that you believe that Tyus stays. And we got some comments coming in. Uh, Christina said, this question is really difficult to answer. Joe said, I predict he's staying. He seems like a much smarter kid than most that we've had on that topic. Besides, he's not ready at all. Needs to work on his inside game and shooting from beyond the arc. Uh, Christina replied, a friend of mine was at Varsity Pizza yesterday. Brissette and Sadibe came in. They went to chat with them, and Brissette, they said to Brissette, I hope you're staying, and he said, I am. Uh, any conversation that I've had with O'Shea recently uh, leads me to believe that he's staying. So uh, Don said, Syracuse is loaded at the guard spot. If he stays, that'd be pretty cool, but he's probably going to test the waters and hire an agent and get picked in the second round. So, you know, your thoughts are going back and forth here on Tyus Battle. Uh, I said, you know, I think he should hone his skills. I've said that before about other guys. I think if Malachi had stayed at least another season, he could have honed his skills and, and not been a role player. And I think the same thing about Tyler Ennis. I, you know, instead of being a backup point guard, he could have been a starting point guard. You know, and there's nothing to say that they can't do that after the fact. It's just, I, I just, I feel like there was a lot left in the tank with Tyler Ennis. I feel like that there was a lot left in the tank with Malachi Richardson. I think that there's something left in the tank here with Tyus Battle. So we shall see, you know. We shall undoubtedly see. I think it would behoove him to stay. I think Syracuse becomes potentially one of the most dangerous teams in NCAA Division I men's basketball next season if he stays. The way it stands right now, Frank Howard will be on the team as a senior. Pascal, a redshirt senior. Battle, a sophomore. Barama, a sophomore. O'Shea, or pardon me, Battle, a, uh, a junior. Pardon me on that. Barama, a sophomore. O'Shea, a sophomore. Howard Washington, a sophomore. Marek Dolajai, a sophomore. And Elijah Hughes would be coming off of sitting out a year with three seasons to play for Syracuse. So there's Elijah Hughes as well in the backcourt. She so got Elijah Hughes, Howard Washington, Jalen Carey, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, and then you got Buddy Bayheim. you can move around, and you have Darius Baisley that's going to be inside with O'Shea and Marek and all of that. So, you know, if this team who has cared about each other became all about themselves, which I don't anticipate, then you might have some issues. But this is a team that didn't have depth that made it to the Sweet 16. Now you put depth on the team, and I think you create a team that, if they could play unselfishly, can do a lot of amazing things and really become something great. Then you could say one night was Baisley's night, and another night was O'Shea's night, and another night was Tyus's, and another night was Frank's, and another night was Buddy's, and and then we go on from there. So in all honesty, I think that that is the team that you know Syracuse fans are obviously hoping and wishing for. I think that that's a given, but ultimately it makes sense. If Tyus stays then he's going to have more to work with and more opportunities to get farther. They've already shown what they can do. They've already shown what they can accomplish when people don't think that they can do anything. Now let's see what they could do when they have a bunch of people in the room, a bunch of people in the building. 
what can they do after that? That's what I'm excited to see, and I think a lot of fans are excited to see that is what can this Syracuse team really prove to be when they have the opportunity to have their depth and move forward with depth as opposed to having to just, you know, deal with a starting five and that was it. When you actually put some backups on this team, every position is going to have at least one backup. Syracuse hasn't had that in a long time. You look at the scholarships and the guys leaving and the NCAA and all that stuff, you know, this is going to bring some normalcy to the team for the first time in a long time if people stick around to see this thing through. But speaking about one of the guys that's not sticking around to see this thing through, Matt Moyer, he's leaving. And no surprise to me at all that that Matty's leaving. Uh, I, I felt this from our conversation that we had after the win over Michigan State. So I am not surprised at all. Matt Moyer had some things to say about his decision to leave. I want to read those word for word here. Matt said the past two years at Syracuse University has been an amazing journey. Thank you to the coaching staff for the opportunity and my teammates. Also, the fans have been incredible. My family and I feel it is in my best interest to move on and explore other opportunities. God's plan. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Because I think that this is where we are. I think that we've gotten to a point where, you know, Matt Moyer just wasn't going to fit into this. Bayheim didn't seem to have a lot of faith in him out there. And it just came down to, you know, this team moving forward. You know, and a lot of people said some nice things. And some people did not. Uh, Vince said, you've been the ultimate teammate and representative of Syracuse. Thanks, and all the best to you and your tremendous family. I'll be rooting for you wherever you go. Uh, DC said, ditto. Chuck said, also, please ignore the one or two quote-unquote fans who can't appreciate all you did and are apparently miserable in their lives and probably couldn't dunk on a Nerf rim. Chuck's following me and everything I've said on the show to the nth degree at that point. Uh, They'll never walk in your shoes, but become Twitter tough guys thinking it makes them cool. Real Orange fans love you. Sean agreed with that. Uh, Will said, good luck, Matt. You have class and earn everyone's respect. You'll be doing big things wherever you go. Best of luck. Please keep us updated so that us fans can support you and can follow your career. Katie Kalinske, who's been on the team, she put hearts in a prayer. Uh, Will said, hate to see this. He's a great kid. Bleeds orange. Wish him the best. He'll do big things. You know, Chuck said, life is short and you need to be happy. Uh, Mike Cathcart and the Cathcart family who have been listening to the show for a long time. They said, best of luck, Matt. We'll miss you. Do what's best for you. You'll always be welcome back forever. Orange Otto's Grove said, best of luck to you. Uh, Mark said, once an orange, always an orange. Good luck. Tom said, sorry to see you go. God bless you. Orange Bias said, love the energy you brought to the court. We'll miss that. Jim said, best of luck, Matt. You will be missed. You are a great ambassador for us. We'll be rooting for you. So, you know, it's just nice. 
it's nice to see all these positives. And for me, I really don't care about what the negative people had to say. Because it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter what they had to say. Right, they're Twitter tough. Yo, I'm, twi- I'm Twitter tough, man. If I could hide behind this computer, bro, this could be really cool, man. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about what you have to say? Nobody. You care what you have to say. But this guy doesn't care what you have to say. doesn't matter to him what you have to say. And he's going to do what he wants to do irregardless. Now, if you can't respect his wishes... That's on you, not him. Because you're not living his life. He's living his own life. And he has every right to live his life. I'm not going to stop him from living his life. I think he should. I think he should do whatever he feels is best. He has always been good to me. And I will never forget that. And I will follow him where he goes. And I will pay attention where he goes. And I will hope the best for Matt wherever he goes. Because he always gave me respect. He always treated me well. No matter how other people treated him or what they said about him or what they wrote about him, he never put that on me. He never grouped me with everybody. He treated me well. And I appreciate that and I respect that. That he took the time to know me for me. So yeah, I want him to do well. I want him to be successful wherever he is. And I want him to have a great life, and I want the same for his family. And if you can't say that to him, and you can't feel that for him, then that's on you, and that means something's wrong with you. That's There's nothing wrong with him about that. That's on you. And you got to live in that world, not him. Am I surprised that he's leaving? No. Because... The role wasn't there. And it didn't seem like it was going to show up. So if I'm him, and I got a chance to go play elsewhere, and have new life, why wouldn't I take it? Why shouldn't I take it? What's wrong if I take it? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing. I have no issue whatsoever with the decision that he's making. And if I did have an issue with it, who cares? It's not my decision to make. Ultimately, these guys are going to do what they want to do. And that's okay. And you need to be okay with that. And you need to understand that if you're not okay with that, it doesn't matter. Because they don't, they're not playing this game for you. They're not doing this for you. They're doing this for themselves. And when it comes down to it, it's about them. It's about their family. It's about what is best for their unit. That's all that matters. And you, I mean, who had a thought that he was going to play next year? Who had a thought that all this stuff was going to turn around? He wasn't Caleb Joseph. Because Beheim just completely and utterly was like, yeah, it was like Caleb's not even on the team anymore. Bye, Caleb. See you later, Caleb. That was it. But for Matt, 
Matt handled this like a boss. Was he pissed off? I'm sure he was. Did I sense that from him? Yeah. He wanted to play. I would want to play too. If I was a friggin' walk-on, I'd want to play. So for him to say, you know what, I'm going to leave. I think it's the best decision for me and my family. I have no problem with that. I saw the writing on the wall. and Like I said, it was kind of almost secured to me from one of our conversations in the NCAA tournament here. It was clear and present for me at that point. And he's moving on. And I hope that he goes to a team that loves him and appreciates him and gives him an opportunity. Because he is a hardworking kid who has bled orange for a long time and helps recruit for the orange. And anybody that has anything negative to say about him, I would love to see you go on the court and play basketball today. I would love to see you go out there and huff and puff and not blow anybody's house down. I'd love to see that. Come on now. Aren't you good? I thought you were top dog. I thought you were the guy. So let me see it. Let me see how you got game. Let me see it right now. I want to see you be better. Go ahead and prove it to me. I'm going to put my money on the fact that you're going to pass out on the court before any of that happens. But go ahead and keep your mouth talking. Keep talking. Ain't nobody listening. But keep talking. Because you never know what's going to happen when you choose a university. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to play. You don't know if you're not going to play. He had every intention, every hope, and every desire to play. And he wasn't ready last year. And he got hurt. And this year, it didn't work out. So now Maddie's gone. And what are you going to do about it? He's moving on to greener pastures. He's doing what he ultimately thinks is best for him. And I have nothing wrong with that. And I have no qualms with that. And I have no issue with that. And like I said, if I did, who cares? If I had an issue, what does it matter? He's going to do what he wants to do and that's okay. And he has every right to make that decision. And the writing was on the wall. And if you couldn't see that writing, you weren't paying attention. Because the writing has been on the wall for a while. In my opinion. And I wish him nothing but the best. And I hope nothing but the best for him. And I respect the hell out of him. I really do. I respect the hell out of the kid. Because he handled this like a professional. And he played with his team like a professional. And he fought with his brothers like a professional. And he was hard on himself when he made mistakes. And I can't ask anything more than him showing his maturity. He didn't speak badly about Coach Bayheim. He didn't rip his team. He didn't make it about himself. He made it about them. And I hope you go back and you go on wakeupcalldt.com and you can click on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, or the downloadable app powered by Podbean. Or you can find us on TuneIn Radio, any of those, and listen in to my conversation that I had with him after the end of the season that I aired on Monday's show of this week. 
and hear what he has to say about his brothers and what he thinks about the people that are on the team. And tell me that that's not a professional, a consummate professional, somebody who knows exactly what he handled this thing like a man. Because the world is looking at you. When you get recruited to Syracuse, of all places, the world is looking at you. They are waiting for you to succeed, fail, whatever. Because they want to know what you're made of. The world is waiting. And if you falter, they are on you quick. I thought this guy was good. I thought this guy didn't suck. I thought this guy was supposed to be this. I thought this guy was supposed to be that. They are on you. And they don't leave you alone. And you can't hide anywhere because they're everywhere. And he handled this thing like a friggin' champion. He handled all the questions like a champion. Why aren't you playing? Why aren't you out there? Why aren't people paying attention to you? Why aren't you scoring? Why'd you throw that pass that way? Does Beheim like you? He had to deal with all that. You didn't have to deal with that. He had to deal with that. And he handled it like a champion. So, Maddie, anybody that's got anything negative to say about you, tell him to come call me. I'll talk to him. Because you worked your butt off. You came to the school you wanted to come to. The school that you have love for. And it didn't work out. And that's okay. I've fallen in love before and it didn't work out. I thought I was in the right place and it didn't work out. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And I hope that wherever you go, you play. And wherever you play, you're successful. And wherever you're successful, that that fan base appreciates you. And I want to thank those that support Wake Up Call because I always say that I weed out the haters and the idiots because I piss them off because I'm positive. Because I'm positive and I talk about God and that usually is like acid on the skin of, of these hateful people. So I'm going to read off some people from Twitter. Forgive me if, if I miss anybody. At Cuse Names, at Jim Fuzz, at Mouse Aider, at Orange Chuck, at Coach Dumont, at Iomi Cuse Fan, at Lefty from BC, at Normal Is Where. Normal I Swear, I think it is. Sorry, said it wrong. I want to thank you because your comments to Matt Moyers and, and I read him off. You know, that, that just, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good because it lets me know that my listeners are, are not the knuckleheads that my listeners are the, the, the kind and loving and caring people that I like to hope and think that they are. You know, we weed out the hate. We weed out the idiocy because it doesn't like being on this show. There's no home. There's no home for it here on the show. And 
I just love the fact that I think that my listeners are the good ones. And then I go and I see that they are, in fact, indeed, truly the good ones. So shout out to you all for that. I'm putting out a message on Twitter to you all directly right now so that you can have this and take this with you because I really appreciate it and I thank you for it and it means the world to me that the people that listen to the show and that support what I do are the ones that are writing the positive messages and not the crazy, you know, Twitter drunk messages. So thank you for that. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back to wrap the show up with ingredients to success in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Pennant Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. 
I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you and appreciate your time on this show every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I shouted a bunch of you out, and you've already responded to it. Uh, Vince, Jason, everybody here, for all your kind words and no hate to Matthew Moyer. You know, I said that, those that listen to my show, I feel like we weed out the crazies. You know, that's what I that's that's what I say all the time is that I feel like you know I weed out the crazies, and because crazies don't like positivity, crazies don't like when they see somebody succeed that they were hoping would fail. So you know when <laughs> when when you come at me, I'm gonna win. When you come at me, I'm not gonna fail because. Failure to me, you know, is not trying. It's not believing. Failure is when you let the world get on you. It's when you let the world defeat you. It's when you let the world tell you that you're not good enough. That's failure to me. That is fail. Failure. Failure is not trying. Failure is not going out there. Not giving yourself a chance. That's failure. That to me is 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 failure. It's not trying. That's what failure is. So we weed them out. And I I said, I always like to think that, you know, I have the good ones listening to the show. I have the good ones reading the articles. I have the good ones that are going online and and hanging out on wakeupcalldt.com and listening Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And then you go and prove me right. You go and prove me right. And I know that I didn't get to everybody, but at Cuse Names, at Jim Foz, at Mouse Ader, at Orange Chuck, at Coach Dumont, at Iomi Cuse Fan, at Lefty from BC, at Normal, I swear. You know, you guys have supported me for so long. And then when it came down to a decision by Matt Moyer to leave this team, you supported him. And that goes such a long way for me. And I really honestly appreciate that and I respect that. I really do respect that. Because you don't have to be kind. You don't have to be nice. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that that aren't. But you find ways to be. And you find ways to be happy and to be proud and to be positive and 
and those those are you know those are those are the true meaningful things in life when you can find somebody that just finds a way finds a way to be positive through all the craziness so you know i shout you all out because you deserve it you deserve it you deserve every little bit of it and it's an honor for me to broadcast and to talk with you that to me is a, is a true an amazing honor is to be around you. So thank you for making my job fun and making my job easy in the sense of the way that you treat people. Thank you for all you do. I appreciate it. Because it doesn't, it, it takes nothing to be positive. It takes nothing. Just do it. <laughs> it's it. And it, it really just goes a long way. Thanks for sharing this. God bless all these great Syracuse fans. That's what Tom just sent over to me. God bless you, Tom. It's just good to know that those of you that are listening to my show and reading my articles and watching my videos and coming out to my events, that those of you supporting me, you're the good ones. Because like I said, I think we weed out the bad ones. I think we we annoy them to the point that they're so sick of our positivity and God and laughter and not bowing down to things that they eventually just give up. Go try to bother somebody else and hopefully they aren't successful with that either. just nice to know good fans really is continuing on here in wake up call with dan tortora on wake up call dt.com your one-stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt in today's morning menu it is live now and it is the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by utica pizza company on 628 south main street in north syracuse new york it is right in the plaza by sweetheart corners it's a couple minutes from the airport and it is utica pizza company 628 south main street by sweetheart corners in north syracuse make sure you get out there and get yourself some utica pizza and try the wake up call number one pick chicken riggy pizza today And definitely get yourself some of the other favorites. I mean, from Chicken Riggies to Utica Greens to the Philly Cheesesteak with Utica Greens on top of it, which I like to get as a little specialty order. Put yourself out to Utica Pizza Company and and go enjoy some amazing food. You can also have them cater. You can have you can have catering. It's a Utica thing. Takeout and delivery by calling 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. So make sure that you make that phone call and then go visit them on 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, New York, right by Sweetheart Corners. Ingredients to success. How about this? How about the ingredients to being a good fan? How about we do that one? Shall we do that one? Let's do that one. The ingredients to be a good fan. Good fans don't discriminate. Good fans 
don't turn their backs on the team. Good fans don't lie, cheat, and steal. Good fans don't want the coaches to lie, cheat, and steal to get recruits. Good fans don't turn a blind eye to immorality. Good fans show up to the games. If they can't afford to be at the games, they watch it on TV. They can't afford to have it on TV, they go to a friend's house who has it on TV. Good fans buy the jersey well before the team makes it to the Final Four. Good fans are with the team irregardless of if the team is winning or losing. Good fans don't boo their team. Good fans stick by their team. Good fans listen to their team. Good fans appreciate their team. Good fans are always willing to have a conversation about their team with intelligence and without derogatory behavior. Good fans don't bite players that decide to leave. Good fans don't attack on social media. They don't attack inside of the arena. Good fans are devout to the team. Chuck said, people think being positive ignores being realistic. I think positive equals support. Coaches coach, players play, and fans should be fans. Of course, things don't always go as planned, but insulting people because things don't go your way is ignorant. Support goes further. I'm putting to Chuck right now, I think you and I may be the same person is what I'm sending to him. Because I'm reading his sentiments, and it's what I've said on the show. I mean, for those of you that listen to the show religiously, these are the words that I say. And you're either a fan or you're not. There's no such thing as kind of being a fan, or I'm a fan today, or I think I'll be a fan today, or let me let you know in a couple hours if I'm going to be a fan today, or I'm a fan from, you know, through the first few games, but if they don't do this, I'm not a fan, or if they don't make the tournament, I'm not a fan, or if this doesn't work out, I'm not a fan. That's not how fan bases should ever go. You're either a fan or you're not. You either support or you don't. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So being a good fan is all the things that I mentioned. Those are the ingredients to success. And please understand something, fans that were fair weather with Syracuse, they didn't need you to win games. They won games knowing that you were spitting on them. They won games calling you out in interviews I did with them. They won games knowing that you existed and not giving a damn about it. They won without you. They won despite your hatred. Because at the end of the day, they're on the court, you're not. They're always going to exist. They're always going to be there. And it matters for fans to come in the stands and be there in support. And it matters to fill that arena. And fans are special. Fans are special. Not fanatics. Not nut jobs. Not somebody whose wife cheated on them and they're going to go to the game and scream at Tyus Battle because they're angry about their life. People on Twitter that fight with strangers, 
they have no life that they're proud of. People that scream at Tyus Battle have no life that they're proud of. I've never met a happy person that's heckled anybody. I've never met a happy person that's looked at a stranger and gone, I'm going to ruin that person's life today. Because happy people don't think that way. Because happy people aren't insane. Happy people understand that happiness is a daily chore. And it's something you have to consistently work at. So it's hilarious to see the people that want to make comments about who deserves this and who deserves that and who should do this and who should do that. You're either a fan or you're not. You either support or you don't. You choose your side and you live and die by it. Because I guarantee you, all those fake people that said that they were fans, weren't fans, this, that, and the other, when Syracuse made it and made it far in the tournament, all of a sudden y'all came back, right? Y'all got that jersey dusted off, right? Y'all got prepared for the games, did you not? Because your team was in it. And you and you told everybody, well, you know I've been a Syracuse fan forever, Dan. You know I love Syracuse, Dan. You know Syracuse means the world to me, Dan. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't you say this about this? Didn't you say this about that? You know? And that's what Chuck said, being positive and being realistic. I was positive and realistic about the team in 2016. People called me a homer, crazy, insane, tried to get Jim Beheim to make comments about the fact that somebody had picked Syracuse. They wrote articles about me. And when Syracuse ended up making it to the Final Four, ain't nobody said boo. Nobody came to me and said, Dan, you were right. Dan, you're smart. Dan, you were, you were smarter than all of us this year. Dan, you knew more than any of us knew. Dan, we have our tail between our legs and we owe you an apology. Nobody said that to me. Nobody said that to me. Because positivity is, breeded, is, is, is depicted as weakness. It's depicted as homerism. It's depicted as unrealistic aspirations. How about positivity is just damn positivity? This team went beyond where I thought they would go this year. And I told you that without you having to figure it out. 2016, I kicked everybody's butt in the media with where I thought that team would go. Ain't nobody come to me saying, Dan, you were right. Nobody said that to me. And they don't have to. Because I don't need that to sleep at night. I sleep fine, folks. Whether I'm right, wrong, this, that, and the other, you could, I can promise you one thing. It will always be with due diligent research. If I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, then I don't need to be talking about it. A lot of people need to understand that because there's a lot of people that run their mouths and don't know what in the heck they're talking about. I will always bring you the best that I could possibly give you. And the greatness of the people that follow this show, the overwhelming majority of people, I mean, the people that listen to my show, that read my articles, that watch my videos, that interact with me on social media... You're kind-hearted people that I meet in public at trivia and game show night and all that stuff and live events. You're kind-hearted people. Kind-hearted attracts kind-hearted. Hateful attracts hateful. The enemies want to be friends. My enemies want to be friends with my other enemies. I don't let it get to me. It's by Drake. Positivity breeds positivity. It's not just negativity that does that. So choose what you want to be. Go out and do it. And when you are a fan of something, you put that hat on. 
I'm a fan of who I'm a fan of. And the day after they lose, I've gone into restaurants before and somebody's gone, hey, Dan, didn't you know that they lost in the last round? And I said, I'm sorry, am I supposed to take this hat off? I only have one team that I cheer for in the comfort of my own home. I'm wearing that jersey proud. I'm wearing that hat proud. If I'm only wearing it when they're winning, it's like being in a relationship only when it's good, never when there's any type of struggle. If people left you every time you had a struggling moment in your life, how would that feel? Now think about how you might be doing that to a player who's 17 years old. When you walk out on him, would you want somebody to walk out on you? If you had a struggling moment, would you want somebody to fire you every time you made a mistake? Remember that when you're booing somebody. Remember that when you go on Twitter. Remember that when you go on Facebook. Remember that when you go on Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube and message boards. Remember how you want to be treated because the rudest, most disgusting people in our world can't stand when somebody's mean to them. And I find that hilarious because that's the only way that they treat other people. You will get treated the way that you treat others. You will eventually be surrounded by by the people that are like-minded to who you are. My listeners are realistic, knowledgeable. They have wisdom. They are caring, concerning, respectable, logical, rational people who are good. It is no surprise to me and no coincidence that the positive messages to Matthew Moyer after he decided to leave Syracuse are from people that listen to this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'll see you for trivia tonight at Sammy Malone's 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville. Come out and play some trivia with us at 6.30 p.m. tonight, Tuesday, March 27th. And I look forward to talking with you tomorrow morning. And CNS Girls Lacrosse Special will air tomorrow morning to start the show on MixLR.com backslash DT. God bless and Godspeed.